Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the rugby run on SCNZ. Popped away for Jordan. Will Jordan gives the pass off and the skipper has scored. Sam Kaysen. Boy, a try here. Would be what the doctor ordered. Over the top they go. Oh, Sabia held up. Now Aaron Smith again, having another crack. He's in. Tokiaho scores. For Hendrickson, Willemsen. Now the wide pass for Willi LaRue. Here's Latanya Arm. Nice, no, he got away from Clark. Oh, he got away and scored. So they couldn't clear it. Here's Willemsen. Goes wide for Mapipi. And he's in. Here's Arnie Savia. Pops the pass. Harvey scores! David Harvey! <laughs> yes, boy! Advantage 23 offside. Oh, he's got a penalty advantage for the All Blacks. And they score! They score, I think it's Scott Barrett. It certainly is. Oh, that wins the game! <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, thank you. They deserve the success of the work they have done. Over it goes. There goes the siren. And the All Blacks have silenced the critics. And they've won at Ellis Park. What am I gonna do to make you love me? What am I gonna do to make you care? What do I do when lightning strikes me? Good afternoon, New Zealand. Dean Butler with you here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons, and later on we will be talking with uh, Justin Marshall. But we do want your calls, New Zealand, 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811, text 8833, because, <clears throat> well, 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 don't we all look like a right bunch of dickheads 
today. It's time to eat some humble pie, New Zealand. Let's wipe that egg off our face because the All Blacks are back, baby. Because let's be honest, we all thought there's no way in hell the All Blacks can win this one. Not after last week's performance. We were demolished, inept, clueless. And now we're going to the cauldron of South African rugby, Ellis Park. No way we can win. But we did. 35-23. That's right, New Zealand. We won 35-23. Coach Ian Foster rang the changes. Moonga, excellent. Lomax, De Groot, new boy, Fletcher Newell. All did good. But what does it all mean, New Zealand? What does it all mean? Because as Jeff Wilson asked Coach Ian Foster the question, in two weeks' time, will you still be the coach of the All Blacks against Argentina? And he answered, I have no idea. He doesn't know. Do you? If you have an idea, New Zealand, 0800-150-811, I'll let you know where I stand. I'll I'll start it off. There's no point in me asking you to give your uh, opinion if I am not afraid to give mine. So I'll give mine, me me personally. When you win a game like that, against our greatest foe at their fortress, Alice Park. To me, there's no way you can sack the coach. That's like the South Africans coming here, getting smashed in Wellington, then one week later turning up at Eden Park and winning. Now I know, I know what you're thinking, but I'm, I'm at peace with this decision, New Zealand, because two years ago when they initially wanted this whole thing and Scott Robinson applied, I, like you, wanted Scott Robinson to get the job, but they didn't. They decided to go with Ian Foster, and I thought, okay, they go with Ian Foster. He's their man. Come on, the All Blacks. We always support the All Blacks. Yeah, it's been a bit of an Annis Horribles. But after last night, what a statement. If anything, the pressure is now off Ian Foster and fully on CEO Mark Robinson. Uh, boy, oh boy, I tell you, that guy, yeah, if, if the All Blacks had lost last night, it would have been a real easy decision. No brainer. But this win, this great victory, boy, oh boy, that Mark Robinson, he's got a million bees in his undies and they are repeatedly stinging his bottom. And we will bring you that press conference he has at 5.30 today to see which ways the bees have stung. 0800-150-811. What say you, New Zealand? Let's go to our first caller. Oh, it's, it, I know this man. I bet he's very happy. Graham from Christchurch. Graham, how are you, mate? Oh, how are you? Oh, look, Graham, I'm ecstatic. I'm absolutely ecstatic. What a yeah, fantastic yeah, victory this week. Oh. But just, I won't get, I won't get into, I'll, I'll, I won't say I'm too long, but I won't get too much into the coast. <laughs> Oh, well, finished with the coaching. Yeah, I was at, by the way, I was at the Canterbury game last night against Wellington. That oh. was freezing, but great result. Another yeah. another great result for, yeah, the, another great win for Canterbury. Yeah, Cullen Grace did well, and, you know, Fergus Burke and George Bridge in the backs, and Dallas McLeod, but, yeah, I thought Billy Harmon's, you know, done really well as captain, and Man. Zach Gallagher and Sam Derry, the two young locks, one who played for the Blues and one who played for the Crusaders, you know, they're coming off good super seasons, so... Yeah, no, they're gelling well. It's early days, but, you know, Wellington's an arch rival, but... Yes. Yeah, no, it was good to be there. But on the All Blacks, um, yeah, no, I mean, that that was a great match, too. It oh, was, um, what a game. It was, it was a classic All Black South African test, wasn't it? Yes, it was exactly that, Graham. You're right, it was to and fro, back and forth, but I've got to be honest, Graham, when they started coming back at, like, 15, 13, I thought, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. But I, I thought, well... 
Yeah, they they had a pretty good. I thought they had a better bench this week. I thought they used the bench well, you know, mm. which hasn't always been a strength in recent times. And I, yeah, I'm sure Jason and I mean that. I think Jason Ryan would have had an influence there because, you know, using your bench well, you know, in these big games, is, you know, you don't bring it on just for two minutes. You you got to have a plan. You know, someone comes on and is going to make a difference. And, and look, absolutely. You know, Jason Ryan, he's only been there a short time, but Graham, you know it, I know it. We can all see it. There's been a definite improvement. Oh, there has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys like Artie and Sam Whitelock, you know, they, mm. they've maintained a very high standard. Um, throughout, I think, personally, through the whole year, but the others stepped up, and you know, and I do think, um, you know, Richie Moonga made a big difference at first five. He I just had think a combination with David Avili helped a lot, and um, you know, I just thought Richie proved a point. But you know, and one thing I, I've got to say, even yeah. I, I've been a huge critic of Rico Yuani, but he did play very, very well last night, and I um, I know other people have been the same. You know, I thought he was very lucky to survive the. You know, the you know after last week, but you know he did, he um you know he, he really played well. He so, did. He, know, he got him. He got heavily involved, and you know he still might still might not find himself in the centres once you know Goodhue and Leonard Brown. No, return. well, I, but, I, yeah, I personally, I know Justin Marshall. So, so you're talking to? I take it later, Justin. Yeah, mm. but I know he thought that too. That he's not. A, you know, I think a lot of people do, but um. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, credit where it's due. Oh, credit yeah, where it's due. And I, th- I agree with you. Richie Moanga made a massive difference. And, you know, we talk about combinations, and you often look at a lot of national teams when they pick from one or two, three sides. That's across any sport. The team tends to do, do well. Yeah, Ireland and Leinster. Yep. Leinster. Exactly. We were out here recently to yep. mention that series. But, and the box, you know, that box side's a good one. They might have been a little bit. Overconfident, you know. A lot of people are saying that. I don't know, but um, oh, no, I, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. I, I, you know, whether they were or not, you know, the All Blacks had to make a big improvement to beat them. Yes. You know, and the coaching one's interesting. I mean, how it's going to go? How do you think? I mate? wouldn't know. I've heard some people say he's gone. Others say he'll definitely stay. Yeah, I know. And these are ex All Blacks, and these are people <laughs> that work in the media. So they're people with some cred, you know. Yeah. And fans are the same. You know, I've talked to people, and they go, "Oh no, they'll keep him." Even though they want Razor, and other people say no, he's gone. You know, um, yeah. I, you know, it's a, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I would have had, I would have Razor there, but I, I couldn't pick how it's going to go now. And, well, you it, know. It's interesting, Graham, isn't it? Because you know, this it's a very, in my opinion, it's such a quick decision to do the presser today at five thirty, which we'll have the live stream here. To me, it's like they must have told Foster, if you lose two, you're gone. If you can win one, you stay. That's what it reads to me. So that's why I think they're yeah, going to say I, you can stay. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, nothing personally is Ian Foster. I no. would personally have Razor there, no. and I agree. You know, and I, you're told your opinion, but I, yes. I personally think that he is more likely to, because there's been some press, <laughs> some prelude to the press conference that it's not actually all about the. <laughs> it was a bit. I don't know. I, mm. I heard it somewhere else this morning. You know, what they was, say? That it's not. That it's not just about the coaching. But what else are they going to talk about? <laughs> No one cares 5:30 about anything else. 5:30 when the team aren't even back yet. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But no, I hear I hear what you're saying, Graham. So you you you'd be happy if it was he still has to go and Razor comes in. You you. Oh well, look, well I personally think he's the the man for the job and always have done. Mm. Oh look, I, I mean, thought that two years ago I as well. To, I said to your your you know Ricardo last week. I said mm. any trouble is we lose you know the Crusaders lose them. Um, you know, and that's that would be quite. <laughs> 
that would be even though he's only got he'd probably only stay one more year if he doesn't get you know we well if he might have the call or if he hasn't I can imagine there's only you know he'll go somewhere else if he doesn't end up with the All Blacks. I, I think you're I think you're absolutely right, Graham. I think. Uh, I mean, Foster might survive and he might take over. I think people are saying it's going to be one or the. I mean, I still think that's possible, rightly or wrongly. That could be. You know, I mean, people. It's like saying, well, which side's Winston Peters going to go with, National or Labour? You know. And <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's yeah. It's whoever offers Winston the most baubles. That's which way he goes. <laughs> Yeah, foreign yeah. minister. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Deputy prime minister. Sure, why not? That's Go for right. it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I oh, know it was good, good result. Uh, well, oh, great. Yeah. That's because that, that's the thing. I didn't. I wanted the All Blacks to win last night, but I didn't think they would. I seriously didn't, and I'm, I'm sure yeah, you I, thought the same. I thought that. Yeah, I had a funny feeling that they would. Yeah, that they might get. It would be. Cl- I thought it'd be cl- even closer, and I thought they might do it. But I thought the box will be. Smelling so much blood, you know, that they're going to come in. That's what I thought too. But the team have managed to rally and pick themselves up. You know, they talk about the Lager mentality or, the, you know, the wagons, the South Africans. I mm. think the All Blacks have had their own version of that, from what I can tell. You know, the media yeah. with the team last week was oh, quite, you know. Absolutely. You know, no one could get near them. So, no. you know, and perhaps I'd, you know, if I was them, I'd do the same thing. But because um, it's hard to be positive all the time when you're losing. <laughs> well, that's, that's, you know, well, yeah. Um, Ian you know, Foster but, tried you know, it last that, week, and it, we all know how that went. No, that's right. But anyway, no, it was a good game. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll So let, we'll me, uh, let, let me put you on the line. Which way do you think Mark Robinson's going to go at 5.30 today, Graham? Is he gone or does he stay? Oh, <laughs> I, I'd say he's going to stay, but I want him. I would... Not because I've got anything against them. I just I would personally. Yeah. Um. I, that's what I. That's what I think. That Graham, that, but, that's the thing. This is, I've got a funny feeling they'll stick with them. But this is not personal. Uh, it's not at all personal. It's no, about, no, no. And I know. think a lot of people have said, you know, because I know what it, people are like. You know, yeah. we've all had a personal attack. You know, people are there's some nasty people. Around. Unfortunately, and there it, are. And World Cup, we're losing all black sides of. You know, I've heard all sorts of stories. You know about what. You know, people spray painting, you know, stuff on garages, you know, people like that are idiots. But, you know, most yes. people, it's just an opinion. It's just you think such and such is better, you know. Well, or, Graham, you know. look, here's a text that backs you up as well. It says, uh, one swallow doesn't make a summer. No, that's right. So exactly. I think that's I think that's similar to what you're saying, isn't it? We've had such a bad run. Here's a great result, but if you weigh it up against all others today, if you had the decision, you would say, "Sorry, Fozzie, we're bringing a razor or whoever else may come." Yeah, in. yeah. Well, okay. yeah. I think because I don't think Joe Schmidt's keen. Well, I mean, but that might be entirely, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't how desperate for change they are. Though. I mean, I think. Yeah, it's going to be well, it's going to be one way or the other. But I think it'll be razor or Fozzie and. And we'll see at 5.30. It makes it interesting and exciting, that's for sure. Well, I think we know where uh, Big, ben Fo- Big Ben Francis uh, stands. He just held a big sign up on the towards me which said, Fozzie out. So that's the producer, Ben Fozzie. They should have TAB odds on it, really. <laughs> Where's Paul yeah. Moati when you need him now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Uh, no, no, good chatting to you, mate. You too, yeah. Graham. You too, mate. Always a pleasure, mate. And well done to yep. you, uh, your Christchurch boys yep. last night.
thank you. Cheers. And have a good day. Yeah, Thanks, you too. Mate. There See you go. Right. Graham with uh, his thoughts on the game last night. If you've got any more you wish to add, please, now's your chance. New Zealand 0800 150811. Ian Foster, should he stay? Should he go? Your thoughts? What did you make of the game last night? Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can text double eight. A double three, Big Ben. We did see you with that um, that sign which you held up in the window there. You're you're firmly behind uh, Foster out this afternoon and bring in new blood, whether it be Razor or whoever. Well, it's kind of one of these situations. This is how I see it. Yes, please. From, from my perspective, a win kind of papers over the cracks. Oh, if you okay. know what I mean. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, uh, we see this in other sports. So I think if it was me, I still think the, that'd probably be beneficial. With a change, whether you want to do a mid-tournament or whether the whole complications around it, I don't know. I personally don't think if I think if Fozzie does go, I don't think Rays is going to actually want it. Well, yeah, then no one knows if that's a given either, do they? No. So I, I personally don't think. I think if anything is going to change, it will be on an interim basis, and it will be Joe Smith, or it will be Warren Gatland. That's how I see it. Okay. Oh, Big Ben coming. Okay. So of course. It is, it is a now or never moment, isn't it? If you're going to do it, it really has to be now before the rugby championship and you build up to next season. Well, people have spoken about change, leaving it too late to change the coach. And we looked into it. Uh, I can't remember. Someone brought it up on the show a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And Michael Checker was brought in as the Wallabies coach, I believe it was 11 months out from the World Cup. Oh, in really? 20, in 2014, ahead of 2015. Gee, okay. And Rassi Erasmus was bought in a lot less time before the Springboks won the World Cup. Sorry, the Wallabies lost in the World Cup final in 2015. Okay. And Rassi was bought in, I, it was less than a year as well, uh, before that, the World Cup in 2019. And they both had success. Um, who's to say that it won't happen with the All Blacks? Ah, so you're saying it's actually not too late. If they did need to, it could be done down the track. Well, I think they've proven based on I think history has shown that it's not going to be too late and considering the All Blacks now won two games this year and one of them was when Foster wasn't there I think it can show how capable they can be with a change of regime and already the couple of changes they already have made have proven to be successful as I say does the does the win paper over the cracks that a change is needed but it's funny isn't it because okay a win is a win is a win but this is a special win because this is at Alice Park you know, the home, the fortress, the cauldron. And they've done it under a pressure, a coach that's been under so much pressure, a team under enormous pressure, players under incredible pressure. I think it carries a bit more weight than just a win against another country. But we'd love your thoughts. 0800 You can text double eight, a double three. Uh, also, after the break, Ben, I think we've got uh, rugby journal Jamie Wallace join us. And also, Ben, during the break, can you come in here and help me? Because one of the screens in here has got BBC Earth on it, and it's like it's having like dog operations. And I love dogs, but it's like they're cutting, you, you know, I don't, and it's right in front of me. I, and I, I've got the remote, but I don't, you can do that. We'll be back after the break. 22 minutes past one here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Dean Butley here with us this afternoon filling in for Ricardo Ball. I think Ricky had a, a birthday on the weekend. Happy birthday, my old friend. Uh, I know Manchester United didn't deliver you a present overnight, that's for sure. But, uh, hey, I'm sure you'll recover. 0800-150811 is the number to call. Text double eight double three. I've got a few texts to get through as well. Thanks for those guys. We are talking uh, all things rugby between one and three. Given what happened last night, we might go through to four, possibly five. And we 
will have that live press conference from CEO Mark Robinson at 5.30. Uh, what's going to happen to Ian Foster? What do you think, New Zealand? 0800 150 text double eight double three. One man who has got his finger on the pulse is rugby journalist Jamie Wall. Jamie, good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, Dean. Thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome, mate. Hey, look, the country, we're on a high this morning, mate. We might have got up early to watch the game. Well, I, I didn't. I did a pre-record because I had an event last night. But, um, mate, what a game. What did you think of it? Did you think we would win going into this game? I'm going to put my hand up and say I absolutely did, absolutely did not see that coming. No. Um, I, uh, I think it was one of the, maybe the only time I can remember in, in my, my life anyway that... Uh, as all black fans, you're going into a game sort of thinking that we're going to lose. I, I couldn't remember that ever, ever, ever happening before. I mean, the, the odds at the TAB were mm. as long as they've ever been. Um, and so to be to to pull for, to to watch the All Blacks pull off what you call an upset is, is a pretty unique. That's, uh, experience. that's a very good point. And you know what? You're not alone. We're all, we are all eating a lot of humble pie today, Jamie, because I was exactly the same as you. We got so well beaten last week. I thought at Alice Park, there's no way we can beat them. But we did. And do you think it was a combination of the All Blacks outplaying them? Maybe South Africa took us a bit lightly. What was the key to the success today? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I think it, it is a bit of both. Um, I think that the All Blacks managed to completely kind of uh, throw out whatever they'd been trying to do for the last month or so mm. and kind of play to their strengths uh, last night. And you saw that with a lot more contesting at the ruck, uh, a lot more uh, willingness to kind of run the ball and offload a lot more, um, just sort of backing their own individual skills. Because really, when you think about it, you know, that's, there's 15 good players out there yeah, um, with another eight good players on the bench. So why not trust their abilities to actually get out there and throw the football around. Um, yeah, but but have to say, pretty disappointed with the Springboks. And really, if you look at the way that they have played over the last few years, they are quite a, a patchy team when mm. it comes to coming off a big win. They they don't generally back it up. Oh, okay. I personally thought that they, I personally thought that they would have stuck a lot more to the plan that they had last week. Um, and then had some sort of failsafe if it wasn't if it wasn't working because they certainly have the weapons um, out there to do it and you saw that with Mukanyu Arm who had yes. an, an incredible game um, at, at centre and, and sorry actually ended up on the wing uh, and so for a winger to have that much uh, influence um, on a game um, is, is really saying something about his abilities right now uh, but uh, they the the key thing was for the first time in a long time, and we're mm. talking about going right back to last year, Yeah, the All Blacks managed to get their hands on the ball uh, early and actually do something with it. And they didn't score any points until the first 25 minutes, mm. but what they did in that 25 minutes was freak the, the Springboks out and, and make them realise that what they were doing wasn't working. And that's why you saw that run of changes yeah. uh, early. Like, those changes were already going to come, but instead of it being like what they did last year in the Gold Coast when that test they won, when they emptied their, they replaced their front row after half an hour, mm. when it was more like, oh, wow, okay, this has suddenly got a lot harder, it was more of like, oh, we're kind of a panicking uh, situation, and especially at Hooker. Uh, the, the selection of Joseph Dweber to, to start ahead of Malcolm Marks was was it re- like really backfired because his set piece was was shocking. That was bizarre. Uh, and the All Blacks completely cash on, cash on. Yeah. Yeah, that you you're 100 percent right there, Jamie. And look, I'll be honest, 
and I thought, you know, when they had their man sent off early, I thought, oh, okay, this is it, we've got them. Then when we didn't score, when they had a man off, I thought, oh, no. But like you, I was thinking, why? do you know why Malcolm Marks didn't start this week? Because he was unbelievable last week. Yeah, well, I, I think that, like I said, like they did this last year uh, when they played in um, the Gold Coast where they kind of reversed the way that they used their bench, um, whereas instead of bringing guys oh, on okay. with half an hour to go, they would bring guys on after half an hour, and so therefore you have your strongest front row playing the game out, right. um, which is an interesting way of doing it. Mm. Um, it's clearly it's something that they've, they've decided works for them. Um, it's worked before, but didn't work didn't work this morning. So, no. yeah, it, I mean, it does kind of open you up to a bit of problems later on down the track because you kind of want guys on the bench just in case something but, someone gets injured but or anything. It was interesting watching because I, I thought, okay, you know, and it was, okay, there was an enormous build-up to the game and the flyover, and I thought, gee, these guys are getting super pumped. Is it going to uh, blow up on them? And then in the game itself, there were a couple of moments when South Africa didn't do what they normally do. Like, they had a penalty early, and they didn't take it. Now, to me, that's something that they always take. They always bank three points. They didn't do it. To me, it was a little bit disrespectful that they thought, oh, we'll just kick it out and roll down the field, and it didn't work for them. Yeah, but you got to remember how they're seeing it. They're, they're looking at an all-black team that's um, you know lost five of the last six tests. So, uh, you know, they they could taste the blood in the water, mm. and they, they wanted to get out there and do it. They have a, obviously have a very good line-out drive, um, they the uh, one good aspect of the the loss last week and and Bella mm. was that the line out the line out defence was very good from the All Blacks. The, whatever Jason Ryan's done with them and and the short space he's been there has has really paid off. And so I think that was more of a psychological thing by the Springboks to say, hey, we're not afraid of you. We're going to take you on up front. Um, and again, it just it didn't didn't work. There was a lot of I'm just surprised at how much the Springboks gambled during that game, mm. and and it just didn't didn't pay off. However, you know it must be said though, um, they did retake the lead later in the yes, game. Yes, they and did. Had it not been had it not been for a couple of little breaks, we could be talking about another loss right now. Yeah, it's it's fine margins. We've got our texter just backing you up as well, Jamie. One change with a new forward coach has proven the difference. Foster was forced into having to make those changes in the forwards. Foster wasn't really responsible for that win, and then it cuts out. But, yeah, Jason Ryan has made an enormous difference. Yeah, yeah, he has. And I think that it, it's probably not the only change in coaching uh, we're going to be seeing okay. um, in the next, in the next uh, week or so. Uh, I, don't, I, I know that there's obviously a press conference coming up at 5.30. You can probably read into what's going to be happening. I don't want to really preempt it um, too much myself because I think there's been enough said about the the coaching over the last month or so and I think that it's just down to NZ Rugby just having to do the talking themselves from now on. But do, do you think, I mean let's be honest um, Jamie, if the All Blacks had lost um, it would be a no-brainer that Ian Foster was being replaced with who we don't know but because of that win, a statement win against our old foe at their fortress I personally don't think you can sack a coach after that uh, win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all those things you just mentioned uh, on paper makes for a compelling argument mm. um, to keep him. Um, but then you've got to realise what's been happening in the last, you know, eight months or year and year and a half, sure. or even going all the way back to his uh, the start of his coaching tenure. You know, one uh, one win isn't going to reverse all of that. And to be honest, what I saw out there uh, this morning 
uh, was a team that had had the shackles taken off them, that had had uh, the the game plan that they'd been trying to trying to produce mm. kind of wiped off the table and left over to the players to say, and like I mentioned before, you know, we're going to give it over to you because you're good, you're good rugby players. And we saw them using their instincts a lot more rather than a game plan that clearly wasn't wasn't working and hadn't evolved well enough mm. in order to be able to counter what these other test sides are doing. And that, in essence, is what All Black Rugby is about, is that it doesn't matter what the other team is doing. If the All Blacks play well and the All Blacks play to their strength, there's nothing you can do to stop them. And that's what we saw this morning. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about, like you you just said that as well, take the handbrake off, uh, you unleash the hounds. One of the, the changes was, of course, Richie Moonga, and he has a different style. And he had, he had a very big impact today. Yeah, he did. And I think that he suited what they were trying to do because he's far more deep set in the back line. Mm. Um, Bowden obviously takes the ball to the line a lot uh, a lot more. It's interesting, though, because it's it's not as, as clear-cut a debate as to who is on the team that's winning because I I personally think that Bowden Barrett was outstanding um, uh, last weekend. Mm. He was easily the All Blacks' best player. And to see him drop was a, bit, a little bit of a surprise. However... Yeah. They've obviously identified that Moanga's playing style is going to complement what they were going to try and do a lot more, where he can sort of sit back and and, and let the forwards sort of do their thing and then chime in when necessary with the amount of space to be able to unleash the guys outside him. And I thought Havili and Ioani had big, big, big games. You know, Ioani really answered some critics out there. Rico Ioani, that is. Mm. Uh, And, and, you know, Caleb Clark is a guy who I think is a long-term strike weapon option for the All Blacks. And he's shown that in those, in the last two tests. And we just need, though they just need to be getting the ball, hitting him on the chest uh, while he's in full stride as often as possible. And he can really devastate some, some defences. So true. He's, he's busted so many tackles um, with, with his strength. That's for sure. But so what you're saying basically is, um, a horses for courses mentality because one of the things I noticed afterwards, I'm not sure if you saw the, the all the afterwards press conferences, was Ian Foster was talking to uh, Ma'anonu and Ma'anonu was pushing him hard actually. I really liked how his line of questioning, you would have liked it too, and he said, is this, the like, the are you sticking with this 15? Is this the 15? No more changes, and Ian Foster said, for this week, which I think alludes to your horses for courses theory, but Personally, I'm a bit old school. I like a first 15. I don't like changing forces for courses, but how do you think it's going to play? Well, I, I, kind of, I tend to agree. I think that if you keep uh, running two guys who are the most important guys on the field in and out, then you're going to just struggle to find consistency. I think they need to back one of them mm. and tell the other one, look, I'm sorry, you can probably just go talk to your agent about going to France or Japan. Because and it's harsh. It's really harsh because they're, they're both excellent players, um, and Bowden Barrett is going to go down as one of the great All Blacks of all time. Um, but they really, if they want to have a World Cup, they need to have a consistent style. They need to have a consistent first five. And so, st- trying to shoehorn both of them in at the same time, you're going to run into the same problems we had at the last World Cup. Because I think that was a problem that they had was because Bowden is a ten. He's not a fifteen. He can play fifteen. But having both of those guys on the field at the same time means you've got two guys who are used to being in charge and you only need one, one boss um, out, out there. 
Yeah, that's a very good call. I totally agree with that. I remember it was a few years ago, and they're talking about having two drivers and pivots and blah, blah. I'm going, mate, if you drive a car, it's one driver. You, don't, you, know, you need one person running the show. It gets too complicated. And I fully agree with you there, Jamie. What about the other changes to the site? Ethan DeGroote, Tyrell Lomax, how did you rate their performances? Yeah, I think um, they definitely benefited from a referee who was much more officious uh, at the scrum. Yes. Um, it was definitely your Blake's advantage yes. um, around a te- a, that. A technical um, referee, thought, they call them. Jamie, a technical referee. Yeah, I feel like that term, a technical referee, is um, just a nice way of saying he was a bit, a little bit pedantic. <laughs> yeah, I um, think so too. Personally, I don't, I don't really have any complaints um, with with the way Luke Pearce uh, officiated that game. He was consistent. I think that the, the call on the call on um, uh, Hendrickson to to disallow that that would have been what would have been an absolute uh, absolutely amazing try that Lukanya Arms set up for Makazola and Mapimpi mm. was was harsh, but then he was consistent in the way that he then uh, yellow carded Bowden Barrett later for yes. more or less the same thing. Which so you know can't argue with that. Um, he was he was consistently harsh around the scrums. Um, the only thing I think he got wrong um, was actually a call that went against the All Blacks, which was the, in the lead-up to the, the try Mapimpi did score, um, is that he, he, he'd allowed Marks uh, a massive um, infringement, um, ripping the ball off Mawanga while he was on the ground. So, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of chat coming out of South Africa about the referees because... Oh, OK. You know, and, 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 you know, no disrespect to my, my South African friends, but that, that is kind of what they do after they lose. <laughs> uh, but... Um, but yeah, I, I I think that it what it does show is that the the slight difference in interpretations that you get in test referees that's it, isn't are either it? going to really really help yeah. or really hinder you. That that that's exactly it, and that's why even as the public, even my myself, I don't know half the rules with the scrums and whatnot. You know, they're getting penalties. Scrum penalties like for break a break foot or something. I'm going. What are the, what, what is that even for? Like the players look confused. You know the refs having to explain it to them. It was like, do you understand some of these penalties when they happen, Jamie? Or is it like, what's that for? Well, as someone who's who's still playing, um, I can assure you that a lot of the stuff you get penalised for and. In the front row, uh, you you generally have no idea what's going on, and I'm pretty sure the referees don't either. Um, that, of course, is the very crappy grade that I play in. Uh, but at, at test level, it was interesting that both hookers got pinged for the same thing early, which was uh, the break foot yeah. um, infringement. Uh, so for them to not have even had that in their thinking when they set up for the first scrum was... Was an interesting one. I think that it's one thing that, like, if a referee just ignored it, no one's really going to notice because uh, who's looking at the hooker's feet when they engage the scrum? So, yeah. so yeah, um, that's that was just something he did. But again, he was consistent, so can't complain too much. No, no. But there was that one later on too, where the All Blacks were rolling forward, and he he gave a penalty against them for I'm not sure what. And you can see, you know, Fletcher Newell and those looking around going, "What what was that for?" They also, much like you said, had no idea. And speaking of Fletcher Newell, he had a great game too when he came on. He certainly did, and what a great story uh, for for him. Um, we saw a beautiful uh, picture going around. Um, I think it was the other the other day of a sign his father had made mm. uh, announcing him making the Springboks that he'd put up down there in rural Canterbury, and uh, his dad had actually made the trip over to Johannesburg, jumped on a plane, and got there the night before. So Brilliant. shout out to him, Mr. Newell Senior. Um, you would have really enjoyed that that experience because Fletcher certainly did have a great debut. Um, and he is 
I think the first All Black this year to debut in a game where they've won. So, <laughs> and man, what a time to come on as well. You know, it's not like oh yeah, I'll put you on in an attacking scrum. Oh no, it's a defending one, five meters out. You know, fifteen to go. It's like oh, you're kidding me. That was very impressive. Yeah, yeah, defending scrum, 15, 15 minutes to go uh, at Ellis Park in front of <laughs> what sixty thousand um, South African fans. So, yeah, no pressure, mate. Yeah, and, uh, he handled it. He handled it well. Uh, and I think that uh, he's he's been a great story. He was obviously really outstanding for the Crusaders um, this year and should become part of the all-black propping rotation uh, going forward. Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the good part about this is that we've seen some new faces, and I think there'll be new faces for quite a while. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, that's going to depend on what happens at 5.30 because... Uh, you know, if there is a, a, a change in regime, we can probably expect a change in personnel um, as well. Uh, I have said, though, over the last sort of month or so, I don't really see too many glaring uh, cases for players who aren't in the All Blacks that should be there. There's not really that many guys back in New Zealand um, who can feel too aggrieved at not being in the All Blacks right now. I think... The Maybe name, the Colin name we Grace. keep hearing is Cullen Grace. Exactly, that's yeah, the one I think, who. I think Cullen Grace, but at the same time, it's like looking at the loose forward, the makeup of those loose forwards. How much game time would he would he be getting anyway? Would he even be on the bench? I don't think so because I think that they're very much set um, with the the loose forward makeup um, that they've got. And uh, other than that, I mean, the only other one I would have potentially changed was I think that Aaron Smith is definitely. Um, not by not having Brad Weber or TJ Perinara around to really push him as mm. players that are, you know are potential starters, especially Brad. Uh, I think that's sort of been a bit of a detriment to Aaron's game, um, given that with the young guys Finley Christie and Falafa Katavra in there, he's probably become more of a coach than he has um, a player. And I think that you can see that without that constant pressure put on him guys who truly believe that they should have that number nine jersey, uh, that his, his form has kind of suffered uh, a little bit. Interesting. Hey, look, before we let you go, uh, Jamie, I won't put you on the spot, but I will ask you this question. Which way is Mark Robinson going this afternoon? Does Fozzie stay or does he go? Uh, I, I hate to say it because, you know, there's just been so much talk about it and just been such an ongoing conversation, but... I think he's gone because, like like I mentioned before, um, one good win doesn't undo the five bad ones that have uh, come before it. So um, in order for this team to you know, have a real shot at the World Cup, I think that there needs to be a change. And I don't like saying it. I, I really don't. Mm. Um, Infos has always uh, been a good dude, and, and I like him, and I respect him. Yeah, it's not personal. Um, but but it's... No, not at all. Um, but it, yeah, I think that I think that there's only one reason for this press conference. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having it. Okay, very good, great call. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for that, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Thank you very much. There you go, Jamie Wall, rugby journalist. With his thoughts, we are going to take a break. But after that, we can have more of your calls. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven or text double eight double three. Actually, I've got quite a few texts to get to, Benny. We better uh, yeah hit the break. Hey guys, James Marshall here from the Waterlad Podcast, which is now on. 14 minutes to 2 o'clock here on the Bunnings Trader Rugby Run. Dean Butler filling in for Ricardo Ball. Of course, there were a lot of press conferences after the game last night. We've got some here for you. This is, well, one of the players of the match for me, Samasoni Takiaho. Yeah, it was really physical out there. Uh, nothing, 
Nothing new to us. We already knew what they're going to bring um, from last week. So um, for us, it's a forward back, which is the front, um, and match their physicality. And I thought the boys did a good job of that. And um, they're fortunate enough to come off the results. So. Does this feel like a bit of a turning point for this team, given your start to the year um, and the adversity and the noise and the criticism? Does this feel like a bit of a turning point? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, to be honest, in camp we, were, we weren't really taking too much notice of the outside noise. Um, we knew what we were capable of as a team. And um, and like tonight, we just showed like what we are capable of and um, the boys played really well. And I'm um, just happy we got the win. So I'm sorry, I'm sure before you came to Ellis Park, you'd heard all the stories, you'd seen the games on the telly. But did you actually get a little bit blown away by what you actually experienced out there in terms of the noise? and the? Yeah, um, I was... To be honest, it was really good. It was a good atmosphere, and um, as a rugby player, that's what you dream of. Uh, and now I've got to experience it. It's a bloody um, good place to play, and it's really exciting. And the noise, and everyone's getting behind um, the, their team. And um, yeah, it was tough, not just physically, but mentally as well. So I'm um, just happy we got the win. So you had two young props alongside you today that came in, uh, uh, you know, as starters. How important was you was it that you guys, as a front row, um, you know, established yourself early and, and made your presence felt? Yeah, I think um, going on from last week, they got the upper hand on us at um, scrum times, and it was a work on for us all week just to take that take that step forward. And um, yeah, I'm proud of the of the boys stepping forward, and um, we took that took that side to um, to them, and um, yeah, just happy. With where do you think you were better as a as a pack this week than last? Where, where do you think you really made the uh, I guess the improvements and in inroads? I think we, um, like I said before, it's just we knew what they're, they're good at. They're good at scrumming. They could, they got it in more. So um, for us, all, all week we were focusing. If we take them out, take that away from them, then they have to go up, go to um, places that's not their strength. So um, yeah, that's what we, that was what we uh, focused on all week, and I'm happy it paid off. How much does that take out of your, out of your legs when you're having to defend the rolling mall the way that you did down that corner? Um, it takes a lot, not just the leg, but the lungs too. The altitude is really, it's a really tough place to play. But um, boys stuck in it, and uh, yeah, happy with the result. So you generally did well, obviously diffusing those malls, but there were a few penalties there. What was sort of behind the calls there? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I lived there to the ref. Uh, my job's just to play rugby, so, um, but obviously the ref sees it in, uh, in the way he sees it, and we just got to go on with it and keep on playing. When you went behind for the first time in the match, uh, you, you lost a play, you were down to 14 men. How strong was the belief still that it wasn't over and there's still an opportunity that you're only going to get the, uh, back to 15 or two minutes to go that you can still pull this off? Um, the belief is always there. Um, from the start of the season, we always believe in, in our camp and um, what we're capable of. And um, We went down to 14 men, but yeah, the belief was still there. Um, we backed the boys and we knew that if we stay in it and keep on the fight, we'll come up with a result. And uh, fortunately for us, we did. So it was tough watching the last couple of minutes from the bench? Uh, it was quite nerve-wracking. Um, <laughs> but like I just said, I believe we all believe in each other and we picked whoever's out there to do the job. And, Five to two here on the Bunnies Trade Rugby Run. Dean Balafilin in for Ricardo today. Got a couple of texts to get through. This is from Andrew. The TAB has the All Blacks as second favourites for the World Cup at three seventy-five. Ireland are at six bucks. England at six. South Africa at six fifty. 
Do they know something we don't? That's from Andrew. Very good point, Andrew. I'm guessing France are obviously the favourites. It's their home final. So, yeah, there you go. That's what the uh, the TAB has um, the All Blacks at. Uh, Joe Schmidt, not Razor today. This is from Ken, if Fozzie does go. So uh, Ken reckons that Joe Schmidt will get the nod instead of Razor today. That if That is if uh, Fozzie does go. Uh, another texter here says, Marks, this is so true. Mark's not starting uh, was a crazy decision. If he was on the field, it could have completely changed the game as if he played like he did in the first game. He would have shut out the All Blacks and not allowed them to get their momentum. I totally agree with you, uh, Texter. But as Jamie Wall said before, sometimes this is what the South Africans do. They uh, bring on their bench props for the first 30, then bring on their big boys like Marks to finish out the game. It obviously did not work this time, that's for sure. Uh, coming up for the top of the hour, after the break, more of your calls, 0800 150 811 or text double Two o'clock here on the Bunnies Trade Rugby Run. Dean Butler with you here today, uh, 0800 150, uh, I've forgotten that, 150811. Sorry, Benny, I just, that, that, that song, I've no idea. Was that Oasis? Who was that? It was Oasis. I'm not sure. I, I can't control the music. Benny controls the music. Some I like, some I don't. That, that was all right. I didn't mind that. I don't mind a bit of Oasis, Benny. You know, you like them? You like your Oasis? Of course you do. Uh, text double eight to double three. Uh, we're talking all things rugby uh, today, of course, after the victory last night. It's amazing how chatty we were all last week. And then the All Blacks, uh, let's be honest. We, pre- we were preparing today for an all-black loss. That's the absolute truth, New Zealand. I didn't think we'd win last night. I wanted us to win. Of course they do. I'm a Kiwi. I wanted us to win. But I didn't think we would, not after last week. Benny, he had lots of stuff up his sleeve, ready to roll today. We all did. They were all getting very chatty. Then the all-blacks, oh, no, they upset the apple cart, pull out a fantastic victory, one of the best, 35-23. And so we've asked the question, do you think – Ian Foster will stay or will he go? What would you do if you were Mark Robinson? Because they are having that press conference at 5.30 today. We are working to get that stream live for you. Do you think they're having it because they've already made up their mind uh, and it's a done deal? Or do you think, like I think, and I personally think if the All Blacks had lost, um, it would have been a no-brainer. The announcement would have been made. Some would have come in. Foster would have been replaced with whoever, Joe Schmidt, Scott Robinson. We don't know. Now, because of that win, that statement victory, I think now they said before, if you lose two, you're gone. If you can win one, you stay. I think Mark Robinson is going to say he'll stay. But what do you think he's going to say and what would you like to happen? 0800 is the number to call. 0800 is the number to call. Of course, last night wasn't the only uh, game in town. And even though it was one of the... All Blacks' greatest ever rugby victories. There's another team who didn't have much joy last night, and that was Australia, well and truly pumped by Argentina. We've got on the line now rugby reporter Christy Doran from Fox Sport in Aussie. Uh, Christy, how, how are you doing, mate? How's, how's the country feeling? <laughs> how's the country feeling? Well, I don't think they're particularly surprised given the absolute war room that the Wallabies and Dave Rennie are confronting at the moment. You think about all the injuries that they've had and it, it was probably a, a game where many people would have seen that result occurring. You know, you lose a Michael Hooper, you lose a, a Quade Cooper, a Samu Karevi, a couple of guys go down in concussion over the last week yeah. in trainings and then even a Hunter by Sami at the back end of last week's victory too. It was going to be a monumental effort if they were to come away with a victory but clearly they didn't and they were 
exposed brutally at the back, particularly at fullback, where they just, you know, four tries came from kicks, four Ooh. out of six tries. Oh, jeez. And, and, and that really summed up the, the, the sorry kind of afternoon in San Juan. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen the game because we we had another game we we're watching over here. Uh, but when I saw the result, and when producer Ben told me it as well, I thought that is a ridiculous result. But as you say, Aussie struck by multiple injuries. Yet this Argentinian side, they must have played still incredibly well to get that far ahead, Christy. Yeah, they did. There was a really telling moment actually midway through the, the first half where Argentina raced out of the block, scored two tries in six minutes with some pretty poor back three play from mm. the, the Wallabies. But they they worked their way back, 14-10, and a, a really controversial try disallowed to James O'Connor. Oh. And in, in a matter of moments, uh, Argentina scored two tries in six minutes and they pull ahead 26-10 at half time. And, and that was a defining moment in the game. Um, and, and, you know, had they taken the lead there, it would have been 17-14 with O'Connor under the post. So, um, you know, we know that rugby's a game where it's about moments, it's about taking those, and Argentina did. They had the, the ball just bounce brilliantly, sitting up for them often with those kicks ahead. But they, they took their chances, but they were pretty clinical. And, and you know, Argentina will come down to, to New Zealand where they're going to continue in the rugby championship. And... You know, a Michael Check coach side, you can't completely write them off, particularly to no. see what happens over the next couple of weeks with New Zealand. So it's quite an enthralling, captivating rugby championship for once. We're generally talking about the Six Nations, about the fact that that engrosses <laughs> us. Well, for once, it's about the TRC. That's a really, really good point. You're right, because I just saw the table before. Argentina are on top. When does that ever happen? And how funny for you guys as well. There you had Argentina, Argentina coached by an Aussie, and Aussie coached by... A Kiwi. Has Dave Rennie, are people happy with Dave Rennie and how he's tracking with the Australians? It's a good question. I think privately they're not. No. And, okay. and then I, when I say privately, I'd say that people within rugby circles, those that often make decisions, but they're not going to, nothing's going to happen to Dave Rennie. What mm. the current Rugby Australia administration has shown is that they will allow people to see contracts out. Now, you know, we're, we're pretty close to a World Cup too, and, and clearly the Wallabies haven't dropped to its current ebb like maybe the All Blacks have. So mm. Rennie is not necessarily seen as someone who's going to take this side to a World Cup, but, you know, they've got to continually track upwards because they've got a Lions series in 25, of course, and then the home yes. World Cup. So it's about momentum. And you want to see an upwards trajectory at the moment. That's not quite happening. There's questions around the strength and conditioning program, why are so many players being injured both in games oh. and on the training field? Okay. Um, and, and there's a now, you know, a number of questions being asked around selection too. And could we see a, a Bernard Foley or someone else like that come into the frame now with a third overseas selection pick given the injuries to Karevi and Cooper. So watch that space. I think there's going to be some intriguing decisions ahead over the next couple of weeks. That's very, very interesting because obviously, um, you know, the New Zealand coaching job is, well, we all know that's been a never-ending story for the past couple of weeks. It's going to be a very interesting decision at 5.30 today. But I know from our perspective in New Zealand, Dave Rennie, we think of him very highly. Yeah, and of course, and so does the Australians. But, you know, at the end of the day, why... Uh, uh, so many you know injuries occurring and mm. why 
you know, the, the, the winning percentage rate is, is hovering around that 40% Ooh. you know, in two and a half years. Like we think about yeah. Ian Foster struggling when about 65%, yeah. you know, that puts it into a stark con- uh, you yeah. know, reality check of, of where it's at at the moment. It's, it's the lowest in Australian professional rugby history. So, um, yeah, there, there's, you know, the, the coaching structure that the Wallabies have got is a good one, but... You know, and there's been a transformation around how the Wallabies have played, but you've got to convert that into into victories, don't you? Absolutely. And what are the what are the stock numbers like in Australia, uh, Christy? Because we don't know. Is as Australia essentially got the cattle to form a really good team, or will they have to look at like has been mentioned, bringing in league players? Is that a possibility in the uh, next year? Look, I think there is the depth. Still, uh, in Australia, actually, mm. two years ago there wasn't. Um, okay. A lot of the players were talented, but they were twenty twenty one. Those guys are now twenty three, twenty four. But unfortunately, there's been about ten to twelve injuries over the last four or five weeks, and that's wow. you know uh, any team is going to be significantly hampered when you, when you're seeing guys just drop down you yeah. know, the day before a test. Unfortunately, those questions need to be answered, and I don't think Dave Rennie is particularly enjoying question <laughs> what's going on within Wallabies camp because there's too many that are going down. There's, there's actually a number of good players, and we've seen those guys come through, and we're even seeing the likes of Fraser McWright now get opportunities. Yes. We see about half a dozen players come back for that spring box test, and they include guys like Angus Bell and Tapasami. So... There's some good talent to come back in ahead of the next test. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, this championship, that's for sure. Can I ask you, for the game uh, with Argentina, did our favourite uh, Cantabrian-Argentinian uh, Pablo Matera play? He did, and and might have the uh, influence maybe that he did last week, despite the fact that... But this was a game that was just dominated in the air by the Argentinians, and it was ironic that, that Argentina whose coach, as we've already mentioned, Michael Cech, someone that didn't like to kick the ball. And, and we haven't seen the Pumas kick the ball much. No. Under, that was something that they absolutely exploited wow. from um, over the week, just hours ago. So I wonder whether or not they would those sorts of things ahead you know, an all-black side, because clearly you can't just afford to run the ball in Test Match Rugby, and you can't do that against New Zealand, particularly in New Zealand. So I wonder if it will be a more of a holistic um, way to play the, the game when, mm. when you see the Pumas in the next couple of weeks. That's very interesting because, to me, it's like it sounds like the uh, Argentinians are maybe not copying but, but working on a similar template to what South Africa used where they use the kick pressure and their scrum and set piece um, to, to grind out victories. Did it look like that to you? Well, on the evidence of today, yes, mm. pre-test, there was a, a huge desire to run the ball. And even actually at times today, they, they just, you know, when you've got a fullback who's hardly played, and I'm talking about Tom Wright here, who's hardly running back, let alone Lee at, at fullback, you're going to, to, to try to manipulate the person. Uh, you know, yeah. with their positional awareness or the lack of awareness, and that was totally on display at the moment today. So, I, I don't necessarily like we've seen them have a real desire to counterattack, and they've done that well. Marvelous try last. Well, we saw them do that against Scotland as well. So, 
some set pieces, something that they've gone away from the last five five years or so. And, mm. and, and questions have asked, why is the Pumas pack, particularly around the rolling ball and the scrum, not been as effective? Well, I think Michael Checker will be... Drives in England 2016. What are the foundations? Yeah, no, you're right. And, a strong pack. Michael Check is a very canny operator, that's for sure. And we just had a, um, a text come in before, uh, Christy. It's saying that for the uh, World Cup, France are favourites. The All Blacks are currently second favourites. Uh, Ireland and England third, then South Africa. I'm guessing Australia would be after that. What? Why do you think the TAB would put the All Blacks in its second favourite, given they got done by Ireland just a couple of weeks ago? Oh, well, the, the All Blacks are facing at the moment how they want to, and secondly, their selection has you know they're playing a lot of the time players out of position. I think mm. I, I I still think the All Blacks, and, and we'll obviously find out a little bit about whether or not. They, Foster will potentially bring in a Joe Schmidt as a director of rugby. Um, I think those two options are, are most likely. Yes. Um, but clearly, New Zealand is, uh, are potent. They've just got to get back to uh, having a real identity around how they're wanting to play because that's where Ireland's strength um, mm. clearly. They've got a couple of damaging, strong, knuckle ball runners in the tights as well. So, you sort those couple of issues out, and all of a sudden the All Blacks won't look anything what they have over the last five weeks, and they'll probably look more like what they did over overnight. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're stoked back here with the with the All Black win because we had everyone in New Zealand had written them off pretty much, especially after last week's performance, and they they pulled it out of the fire, which is phenomenal. But from your perspective, from the Australian perspective, you would have seen that game. You guys get to play South Africa in Aussie in uh, two weeks' time. What oh, I hate to say the word learnings, but what do you think? Uh, Dave Rennie will take from that and, and use for the next game if he's got his, his full side back together? Yeah, well, the Wallabies have actually got an outstanding record against us at home mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. Um, you know, so I, I, quite, the next game is at Adelaide Oval, which I don't think the Wallabies have played at since, I think, 2004. Jeez. Um, so, so uh, what, 18 years um, between drinks... And, uh, Obviously, just got to get back to holding the ball. I think they've gone away from having effective kicking game, which I can't quite understand. Um, you know, the last two years they'd built their game around uh, manipulating defence, particularly mm. with with a effective kicking game. We've not seen any of that, and perhaps that's because of um, the issues that they've had, uh, and that's quite possibly meant that they've had to simplify their game plan, but. The Wallabies are at the best, and I think the All Blacks too, when they are putting short kicks in behind, when they're manipulating defence, um, they're, they're keeping defences guessing, and nearly enough of that. I've, I've been surprised that people like Bataira or Suli Vunavalu haven't been used in the air. Mm. The Wallabies have been beaten in that aspect. Right throughout the last five test matches, you look against England, and they were smashed in the air by Freddie Stewart. And, and they'll beat them once again overnight. So mm. uh, that is the biggest area that they need to improve on for sure. 
It sounds like uh, Dave Rennie's got his work cut out in the next few weeks then, uh, Christy, just quietly. And, Christy, before I let you go, I mean, you obviously would have heard all the noise in Australia about what's going to happen with the All Blacks coach. I don't know if you've yeah. heard anything. Do you have any insight? Oh, there's a big decision being made today at 5.30. What way do you think Mark Robinson will go? Will he say, Fozzie, thanks, but no thanks? Or will he say, Fozzie, you're carrying on? I think it's I, I, look. I don't know, but I think it's delaying the inevitable. If 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 Fozzie doesn't go, however, you know the other option is to bring Joe Schmidt in as a director of rugby, and mm. and um, I don't know if that is the right way to go. We saw in twenty at the end of twenty eighteen, Rayland Castle make the decision to bring Scott Johnson in as a director of rugby at, over the top of Michael Checker and. That that didn't work, and I think it would be a huge admission that they they didn't get it right, um, as in New Zealand rugby. If 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 they were to do that and to keep Fozzie, um, you know, this talk is just going to continue and continue, isn't it? There's going to be questions yeah. over the next six months, and I think the the most important thing is to have a, a really clear idea about where you're going and the relentless attention that the All Blacks coach is going to have can only be a distraction for the entire squad. But, you know, even the questions around Sam Kane and whether or not you can play two open sides in the same back row, it's mm. it's a conundrum that the Wallabies faced when they had Hooper and Pocock. And yes. I think, I think most people will acknowledge that that didn't well, uh, didn't work out well. You know, trying to squeeze in you know, your best players mm. into the, the same 15 and compromising the overall balance of the squad. It doesn't doesn't work out generally very often. Yeah, no, look, I think you're right. And we, we're in for a very interesting afternoon. Hey, Christy, Doran, thank you very much for your phone call today, mate. Enjoy the rest of the year or uh, Sunday. Thanks very much. There you go, Christy Doran from uh, Fox Sport Australia. And, yeah, boy, the Aussie. We think the All Blacks have got troubles. Boy, the Aussie team are in all sorts. Uh, they were beaten last night 48-17 by Argentina. But as Christy said, um, a much uh, weakened side. And, you know, unlike New Zealand, Australia doesn't have quite the same depth that we have. So when they lose their big main players, it can be problematic. It's currently 17 minutes past two. We would like your calls 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 or text double eight double three. We'll be back after this. 22 minutes past two o'clock. Yes, indeed. Mark Robinson to Ian Foster. Should I stay or should I go? 0800 150 811 is the number to call here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Dean Butler with you here today. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. You can, of course, text double eight double three as well. What do you think? Foster, stay or go? Which way is Mark Robinson going to lean in this press conference at 5.30 this afternoon, which we will uh, bring you live? Uh, of course, there were various press conferences after the uh, game today. And here's one we've got with uh, the man himself, uh, Ian Foster, and Captain Sam Kane. Yeah, just um, look, it was a pretty special occasion. All Black Springbok rivalry over the years is, uh, has often generated moments like this. So it's um, we're, we're intensely proud of, of of the effort in that game. But I again, want to thank South Africa for their contribution to, to what was a special occasion. The, the feeling in Alice Park was was amazing, and over the two weeks, the welcome we've had, but also the environments they've created have been amazing. So congratulations to them. Um, we're really proud to have the Freedom Cup. It means a lot to us. And, you know, I think the performance that we saw today was a, a result of the last probably two and a half weeks where this group has um, reformed and reshaped a little bit and, you know, couldn't be more proud of, of the effort of, 
of coming up here to altitude to um, have a game that was swinging around, was losable and winnable, and but to finish strong over a, a mighty team in the home ground like this is a pretty great occasion for us. So, open to questions. Sorry. I think I said I, I saw that character last week as well, and I've seen that character for the last for, for the last two and a half weeks with this All Black team. So, and you know we didn't get the bounce of the ball last week, and, and we didn't play well enough to win, and, and South Africa did. So, but you know sometimes it's not a dramatic change; it's just it's just getting confident and and getting used to to playing together and, and dealing with the pressure, and, and that's what this group has done. quite like those numbers um, but you know you, you, you have to play well in that, in that space and you know I think um, to be honest the, it, it's probably been a little bit of our Achilles heel the last few years and probably goes back to 2018 where it started and, and we've been working hard on that space and so you know the, the players have done a, a lot of work behind the scenes they've been you know they've got Jason Fiki who have done a, a tremendous job in terms of of leading that area, and and you know we're, we're under a bit of pressure, so there are areas that you have to bar up in. Okay. Okay, can I also say that we, we so I think there, there were some new players in some of that group that was pretty special, and I know you know Ethan, the group's not brand new, but I'm really proud of his his game today. And Tyrell Lomax first start in a big test for him, and and the likes of a Fletcher and you'll. Uh, a superb young man, and uh, what what a, what a place to play your debut, and, and, and under that sort of pressure. Yeah, how, how much was the thought before a good start, and when you and then you made a great start? I mean, was that was that vital to sort of take the crowd out of it at the start? Yeah, look, we haven't started that well this year, and you know for whatever reason we've been behind and we've had to play back, and there's a number of reasons behind that. You know, we've been but. You know, today, and I think it was what, it was nil all there for a long time, wasn't it? But it was it, you could just feel that it was a real arm wrestle, wasn't it? And um, that's what South Africa's like coming here. And you just got to bide your time. I, I felt the second half of each half really that was where we were targeting, particularly tired legs and the way we wanted to play. And I thought we reaped some rewards for that. Um, Ian and obviously Sam as well. Some questions about you guys. You guys have been under immense pressure back home in New Zealand, obviously um, in the media as well. So what does this victory actually mean to you personally, Ian, and to you, Sam, as well? Well, the stress has been really good for me. I think I've lost one kg the last two weeks, and um, you know maybe over the, the next week or two I might lose a few more. So it's, um, it's look, it's it comes with the job. Um, it's It has been pretty vicious. There's been a lot of onslaught particularly from our New Zealand media and and they've got high expectations of us and they've made that loud and clear. They've clearly come very, very strong at me as a person. Um, uh, some of them have even called some of our selections pop guns, which I found quite insulting for players that give everything to play for their nation. And so that pressure has been strong. But it doesn't change the fact that uh, through adversity, that's the best teacher for character.
and we've stayed tight. And Sam, for you as a captain as well? What does it mean to you? Because, I mean, you've also been same as Ian, you've been at the pump as well. Um, what does it mean to you this weekend? Oh, it means a lot. Just uh, immensely proud of the group through um, through the, this last wee while, which has, has been tough. Um, sort of had to circle the wagons a little bit and, and focus internally, but I'm super proud of um, the belief. There's never been a question about the, the level of care within the group and the work ethic. Um, it's right up there. Uh, but for us to be in a test match like that tonight under immense pressure, um, at such a hostile crowd, and in a game that goes back and forth and has moments, um, the belief and, and um, the composure needs to be strong. And um, that's not always easy when you're coming off a, a run of a couple of losses. So to be able to produce that, um, I think speaks speaks highly of the group as a whole. And um, on top of that, we're just um, stoked that we could put out a performance that we, we're proud of. Is that to me? Yes. Um, look, it's you know, it's hard to win all the time, you know. And, and if and if if everyone knew the formula how to do that, we'd all be doing it all the time. So it's um, you know, and, and when you look at long-term success, it's often it often starts with a bit of adversity, and it often starts in a in a low point. And so, you know, we, we've lost three in a row this year, and it hurt. And but but. All I keep saying, and I said it last week when I felt that last week was our best performance of the year, and I felt it was because I just felt that we were saw signs of our, our game, we saw signs of our our combativeness. We we missed a bit of the beat at the breakdown, but we're, but we've grown through that, and we're we're breeding a few young boys in here. We're, we're breeding a few new combinations, and that takes time. But um, some people don't have patience, and, and I understand that, and and I get the frustration. But inside the camp. That doesn't mean a lot to us. What means a lot to us is how we just pull together and, and work hard and keep growing the, the the areas that we know we need to grow to perform. So, um, yeah. Sam, just in terms of the winning the game in the last ten minutes at altitude, is that testament to your fitness or the character of the side, or what does that get you over the line at altitude in the last ten minutes? Oh, a little bit of everything. Um, those are the moments where. You know, the legs are, are buggered, your lungs are burning. Um, it's about you know, w working hard for your teammate and not wanting to let the guy beside you down, um, knowing that he's given his absolute everything for you as well. It's a pretty cool feeling. Ian, um, you chose to start in the direction normal. You saw what the effect it had in terms of beating the South African match defense. Can you talk to us about his uh, impact at Thames Bay, kick well, South Yeah, look, I, th I thought both those two played well. And, you know, you talk about, you know, like I said before the game, I really felt Richie and, and Richie and Bodie are developing a really good relationship combination off the field. They're pushing each other. Um, but, mate, they're both massive contributors regardless of who's starting. And, 
you know, Bodie's carried a big load. He took a, a massive look knock last week, and so it was a good chance to, to reward Richie. And he, man, he's, he's been training well, preparing well, and and again, he did what we wanted him to do. So um, you know, I was delighted for him. And you know, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a it's a great performance for him to bank away and get really, really confident with. Um, Aaron, well, Aaron just keeps on being Aaron from our perspective. You know, he's. Um, He's a little bit of the heart and soul of the team. He, he he goes there and he keeps his game nice and simple. And when he's uncomplicated like that, then it's just about backing his skill and, and that's the quality of his pass. Yeah, you make quite a bold call in the final 10 minutes when you're down the man to take off Sam and bring on another back. What was sort of the decision-making process there? Oh, that was a tough decision. Um, we Like, we just had a carer come on with fresh legs. Uh, we're down and I just didn't want to expose the backfield to... To a kick and chase game, which I've, I we, we, I really believe that the South Africans would use if we if we tried to cover it with one less back. So um, it was a big call, but reality is it um, it was all about you know we had fresh legs with that with the Kira and, and we trained for those sort of situations and uh, just the right call at the right time, I believe. Sam, you lost the lead midway through the second half and lost the player to the bin, and you're able to rally, obviously. What went into that? Well, you know, in your mind out there on the field, what was happening? What went into that sort of, I guess, that ability to kind of uh, own that big moment? It doesn't just come down to what I say or what we in that exact moment. It's a lot to do with the, the preparation and the, the moments we've talked about during the week and trained for. Um, like I said before, like Test Match Rugby is about executing um, different moments under pressure and, and capitalising on, on those, um, not overplaying your hand or trying to force something just because you're behind, trusting each other, trusting um, what we're trying to achieve as a team. Um, and it's easier said than done when there's a mountain of pressure and uh, 60,000 screaming at you. So, um, yeah, really proud, of, like I touched on earlier, proud of the composure and the belief. Um, it's one thing when you've been on a roll um, to have that belief. It's another thing when you're coming off a bit of a rough patch. And um, that's what... I think we're all pretty proud of the composure and then the belief during that time. Was the uh, talking point this week was it ever battle? Can you just comment on the side's effort and the airtime? Really good. You know, we focused on our work, our, our skill level. Um, we probably put a lot more pressure on the kickers, and you know, a lot of their kicks probably weren't as accurate as what they've been, um, but. You know, it just takes a lot of courage to go up in the air, particularly, you know, when, when, when we were attacked in the air last week. And so uh, I'm, I'm really proud of them. Um, well, you've question before, After two weeks now in South Africa, do you guys see this new format of playing two, a short tour, a short tour in countries? Does it work for you guys going forward? Has it worked for us? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, look, I'll, I'll leave that to, to Sansa, really. It, um, I, they've come up with a format. I... I think from a, a tour perspective here in South Africa, it's been pretty special. Um, probably from a, a draw perspective and an equality of championship, you know, I'd probably prefer the, the home and away. There you go, Ian Foster and Sam Kane at the press conference today after that fantastic uh, 35-23 victory by the All Blacks over the Springboks at Alice Park. And we've asked the question today, New Zealand, it really has been... Um, it's thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, New Zealand. What is Mark Robinson going to do at this 
a press conference at 5.30 today. We will let you know exactly as soon as we know. Do you think Ian Foster stays or does he go? As I said before, if we lost this one, I think it was a no-brainer, but we won it. We won it convincingly. It was a fantastic uh, all-black victory. Personally, I don't think you can fire a coach off the back of a game like that. But what do you think, New Zealand? Text double eight double three, or give us a call 0800 150811. Another point in that one, Sam Kane, of course, the captain. Um, once again was um, substituted. Now, I, I don't know how you think about this. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I like the captain to be on there for 80 minutes. What they're saying is Sam Kane was gassed, so he went off. Okay, that's fine. I still don't like it. Why not have a captain who can be on there for 80 minutes? And I think we all know in this case, Sam Kane might have the armband, but really Adi Savia kind of is the captain. So he's an 80-minute man. Why not say to Sam, hey, we're going to take the pressure off you Give it to Adi Savia. And sometimes, you know, when you remove captaincy from certain players, it unleashes them to play even better. If we look at uh, Joe Root uh, as the example, okay, it's cricket, it's not rugby, but it's cricket. He was captain with England. He was struggling. The weight got to him. They took it off him. Ben Stokes takes over. All of a sudden, Joe Root is becoming the batsman he once was and now is one of the best in the world, if not currently the best so what do you think about that as New Zealand? 0800 You can, of course, text double eight double three. And we go actually straight to the lines. We've got Eugene on the phone. Eugene, good afternoon to you, mate. Yeah, how are you guys? Yeah. Um, what a weekend. Yes. And I must admit um, that you. I thought he was gone. Yep. Gone burgers. Um, and you cannot sack him after that performance. You oh. are right. Um, and well done mm. um, to the backlash. And look, to be honest with you, when all was said and done leading into the game, mm. all the money and $57,000, $60,000 was put on um, South Africa uh, to win. Yeah. And there was always the backlash punters. Yes. The ones who took All Blacks, All Blacks, 375. Yes. Even the Warriors. Um, <laughs> and that never happened. No. Warriors 13 plus $7 coming to five. Never bet on the Warriors, uh, Eugene. Yeah. And look, Fozzie saves. Fozzie yes. saves. Yeah. Um, and look, you've got to admit um, that we all know that when the All Blacks um, get second phase and Richie Moonga and the back three can come in um, the channels and attack more and um, put up the bombs and, you know, be accurate. And um, you're not prepared to jump up in the air and catch it. Yeah. So it was good for uh, He played for his job. Yes. And, I, and I'll take my hat off to Fozzie and, and all the players. They, they say that coaches World Cup job. You did. You did uh, right, Eugene. And you know what you mentioned there with those last week, those contestable kicks, we, we failed pretty badly. Last night, we did really good, especially Jordy uh, Barrett. Yeah, I hope you guys get a lot of callers. Uh, I, I'm a North Harbour man. I'm hoping we only got Mandawa too, but to, like, we've never beaten them 13 plus. So I'm a bit scared for North Harbour. <laughs> you... We used to get bullied up by Auckland. <laughs> um, and well done, Canterbury, you know. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Razor, listen, Razor, mm. if, if, if Razor got into the World Cup next year, he'd have to sack all the hierarchy and it would be too much of a risk. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you at the moment. To me, it's like we stick with Foster, goes to the next World Cup. After that World Cup, regardless of the result, win, lose or draw, he goes. Scott Robertson comes in then. Be good to hear what Beaver says and Christy B. And, yes, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. And I, 
yeah, a lot of the ex- up the Warriors, up the Warriors, how, brother. How good? Up the Warriors. How good was the Warriors when no one saw that one coming, Eugene? That was old school I Warriors. Did. You saw it? I put my money on them. I told everyone the Warriors. Well, listen, the, it was like this: the the, the Rabbitohs and the Storm. Yes. Both these sides leading into the start of the NRL, uh, top four picks. Period. The Warriors had a drop in class. Technically, they were still 1-0 with the Tigers game. Yes. They, a lot of punters had Warriors first half because it was Raiders second half, 8 pretty when they played the Storm. And it was 10-8, and the Warriors mystery convergence. Okay, they were hard, but um, the Warriors fans were 3-0 and against the Bulldogs. And you got to think of it as the punters would be thinking, I- I've been backing the Bulldogs, to be honest, at O'Carr and the Bomb. Yeah, they've been but, playing um, well lately. Yeah, no. Up the one. Uh, when Daryl Halligan didn't want to stay in New Zealand, yes. and he had Sydney affairs, I knew the Warriors were a good thing. <laughs> uh, Eugene, hey, thank you so much for your call today, mate. And, and up the Warriors. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. Cheers. Eugene, very passionate. Um, and Big Ben, you're right. Eugene, you're not the only one who thought the Warriors were going to win that one. Uh, producer Big Ben Francis was a- at the game as well. Uh, ben, I-, I take it back. You, you, you were right as well. You, you you had the Warriors in that one. And I didn't – look, that Sean Johnson try at the end, that was uh, uh, winding the clock back, as the announcer said. And, Ben, you were there. I saw the look of surprise on your face as you were halfway through your wheat picks. Um, what was it like being there, mate, at that game? I should save the chat for after three. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're oh, – okay, let's do that. Let's we, we don't want to anger the rugby No, people. you're right. Okay, so yeah, – and it is the Bunnings trade rugby run, not the rugby uh, league run. So there you go. Eugene has had his say. He thinks Foster's going to stay. So do I. Uh, what do you think, New Zealand? You can text double eight double three, or you can call – uh, 14 minutes to 3 o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. If you weren't awake before, that one certainly woke you up. That's one from the Big Ben Francis back catalogue. Dio, Dio something, Benno? We're not sure, but yeah, oh boy, she gets the eyes going. Uh, 0800 150 811 is the number to call. You can, of course, text double eight double three. The question being is Ian Foster, does he stay, does he go? The question will be answered by Mark Robinson, the CEO, at 5.30 today. I think he stays. Um, Eugenie just called in, thinks he stays. Um, Graham says he's going. I think even Jamie said he's going. There's a few, there's a few others, I think, both ways. Here's a text in here. Schmidt, Joe Schmidt to cover through and including the World Cup. Interesting. Razor to take over after that. I think that's what will happen too. I think regardless of what happens uh, next year at the Rugby World Cup, I think Robertson comes in then. But also this text says Leon McDonald to join Schmidt as um, 
one of the coaches on that one. So what do you make of that? New Zealand 0800 150811 is the number to call. You can, of course, text double eight double three. We had some questions coming in before about the NPC. A couple of games uh, on today as well. Bay of Plenty uh, over Taranaki. Bay of Plenty leads 17-3, uh, almost up to half time there. And uh, Auckland versus Southland. It's 14-3 to Auckland over Southland, almost half time there as well. We will take another uh, quick break. We will be back with you after this. Seven minutes to three o'clock here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. Dean Butler with you today, filling in for Ricardo Ball. Uh, Big Ben Francis is on the buttons producing and doing a bit of DJ mixing there, a little bit of Duran Duran like it, Ben. Um, we've asked the question before, and it's probably been asked a lot, Ian, Fra- uh, Ian Foster, does he stay or does he go? We've had a lot of conversations. The text lines come in. It's looking 50-50 at the moment, Ben. We've one here saying, Dino, he has to go. Uh, one swallow doesn't make a summer, much like that other texter said. Another texter agrees. Well, I said what Eugene says. No, you can't sack him. He has to stay. So it's, it, Benny, it could go either way. This one, it's, it's. I know your thoughts are he has to go. Um, but there you go, folks. What do you think? Uh, you didn't say that. No, you, you're, you're putting yeah. words in my okay, mouth. Sorry, but like you had. Oh, that was the sign. Ah, no. So your your thoughts, Ben? What are you, what are you thinking? Fozzie out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's your thoughts. I thought it was Fozzie out. Yeah. I mean, my I've got the glasses on, but there you go. So Ben. You but are, I, I'm not saying it. The sign saying it. Oh boy. Okay. So <laughs> the sign that you wrote is saying it, but not you. Okay. No. That that's that's for it. Now, Ben. Also, we're hoping at the moment you're you're working through a few things. You're Mr. Technical, Mr. IT. Now, earlier this morning, you uh, did a pre-record with Justin Marshall in South Africa because the time difference was all up the the buoy. Uh, I was meant to do it. I couldn't do it because I had an event last night. And old Dino doesn't go to too many events these days, but when he does, it's very taxing. I got home about 12.30, and there, there's no way I stand up to watch the test live and or wake up super early in the morning um, to do the pre-record. And I hear you, New Zealand. What's that? I'm not a real fan. Well, okay, since, since I asked, I'll tell you. Um, I did uh, breakfast morning radio for many years, 16 years, and had lots of 4 a.m. starts, and I ain't doing that again, New Zealand. I ain't doing that again. But Ben has done that recording. There's a few technical things he's trying to mash up on the app or the the JPEG. Something's happened there, but Ben is trying to get that loaded. If we can get that loaded, uh, we will indeed um, we will indeed play that. Anthony says, yeah, great show, Dino. I think South Africans have to have a certain amount of coloured players in their starting 15. Yeah, I think that is true too, actually. Um, not surprising. I think it's 90%. Um, uh, Af- uh, black Africans in Africa and 10% white. Is that right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the numbers, New Zealand, but yeah, something like that. And in the uh, NPC at halftime, Bay of Plenty lead Taranaki, 17-6. And in Southland, Southland versus Auckland. Auckland leads Southland, 14-6 at halftime. Coming up after 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking with the commentator and co-host of Hoopheads, Justin Nelson, uh, about the SENZ Otago Nuggets and their famous victory in the NBL. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.